the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Streaming now on the KDOW app and the Odyssey app. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money. Your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. I know, I know I get my fair share of vacation days, but I get probably more than my fair share of vacation days. But it feels like another day, another dollar, right? It's like watching paint dry. Even though we're having a very good year in all standards, the S P five hundred the Dow are up double digits. That's all you can ask for. Your house isn't up double digits. Eh, maybe your house is, depending on what market you're in. But stocks beat bonds. Bonds beat real estate. We've lived in a society now where stocks beat bonds. Real estate beats bonds. Historically, that's not the way it plays out is what I'm trying to get at. But we wake up this morning to see in love, sweet love. Discovery is merging with AT&T's WarnerMedia with a reverse Morris Trust transaction. I'm not the greatest fan of using SPACs and reverse Morris Trust transactions as a way of going public, but these are two publicly traded companies. They're two legit companies, and they're figuring out a way of setting it up as its own publicly traded company. Wall Street likey, likey. You know when you watch that creepy television show and someone goes, cute girl walks by a cute boy, or cute girl walks by a disgusting pig of a boy, and he goes, I like it, likey. That was interesting. Did you see the Meghan Markle footage from when she was 11 speaking to the UN? UN women on international days where she basically said something along the lines of Procter & Gamble's an evil company because they're running commercials that women all over America are fighting greasy pots and pans and that women belong in the kitchen. Interesting to flash forward 20 plus years and she's see that she's a princess, which a lot of women would say is kind of like the worst title you could put on a woman who is trying to be feminist. But it's also interesting to see she made a partnership with Procter & Gamble to pay her money and her husband money for being involved in media projects as long as they work on diversity and, and other changes. In the end, I like it. I like it when two enemies can become frenemies 
and two frenemies can become working partners. I'm good with it. But the AT&T combining with Warner Media with Discovery to create a new streaming giant, this won't make Disney Plus quake in their boots. It will not make Netflix quake in their boots. But neither did Time Warner or HBO Max and Discovery, what they put forward as a pay service. It is a bit of a consolidation. We're starting to see companies run out of media assets to acquire to give them something special in streaming. Something special this way comes. Speaking of things that come this way, something wicked this way comes. Mr. Bradbury. It always starts with a storm. But before you get the storm, you kind of get that little wind. Maybe it goes from sunset to darkness. Is that happening on a Wall Street right now? Is it that dramatic? And seriously, I love drama. No, no, no. Rob Black hates drama. Save the drama for your llama. Save the drama for Lindsay Llamas. I don't care who you save the drama for. Just don't bring it to me. Yeah, no Negative. Kidding. I know. Negative start to the week. Lack of buying conviction is what I'm seeing instantly jump out. But it's early. Can't judge the day on the first 30 minutes, the first 45 minutes. Nope. But it's getting worse. The exit doors are open and some people are slipping out. If we get further follow through this week, that'll be even a more true statement. Taking a look at stocks that we commonly talk about on this show. Disney's down. Google's down. Apple's down. So you can kind of see that uh, it's not. there's not a lot of love to find. I'm seeing like Wells Fargo. Wells Fargo is... I fall and I can't get back up. That's who they play on TV. Um, as far as a bank goes, they're moving higher. Only a fraction because people don't know what else to buy. In good stock markets, people want to buy more good stocks. In bad stock markets, people want to sell into cash. When you're The reverse should be true. Let me explain that in Uno Momentero because I know it's a big concept. In my mutual funds, I like selling my winners and buying more of my losers because it's diversified. In my stock fund, I like selling more of my losers, admitting I was wrong, and buying more of my winners, saying, shucks, I should have bought more initially. That is a broad comment. It does not hold true every single time. It is a broad comment. It is not appropriate for you. But that's how I tend to think. I'm starting to think Megan and Harry are a little insane. I get that being squirted out of Diana, Princess Diana, the most loveliest, most loveliest princess of all time. If you rate princesses, you start there. You don't even start anywhere. Princess Anne, not so much. So Harry Megan announced deals in media expansion. Interesting, right? If I were a Duke, that's a pretty good brand because there's not many Dukes out there. But it'll be interesting to see if we ever get any backlash. I don't think we do. I said four years ago, maybe five years ago, Kanye West will eventually run for president. And I think he kind of already has. I read a great book many, 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 many years ago. And it was fiction. And the basic premise was that a bad guy can pull your nightmares out and make them real. And a good guy can pull all your dreams out and make them real. And the concept here was like, this is going to be the battle of the earth. This is going to be the big fictional battle of the earth. And the bad guys, bad stuff were horrible. They were like 
hundred leg creatures living in the bottom of your swimming pool with like nasty claws that can cut you up. The good guy what he pulled out of American society was things like Prince Harry, who has no superpower. Things like Balloon Man, where little children look at balloons and go, oh, those are magical. Things like Game Show Host, where we as Americans, we watch a lot of game shows. The author was trying to make a a statement about how we don't really dream like going to the moon like we used to. Elon Musk speaking about going to the moon. Best line on Saturday Night Live this weekend was Michael Shea saying, Bezos is building a $500 million yacht. Jeff Bezos is building a $500 million yacht. Elon Musk is building a $600 million iceberg. That made me giggle. And I giggle like Anderson Cooper, which if you don't know what I'm talking about, go YouTube, Anderson Cooper, giggle. Speaking about Anderson Cooper and CNN, CNN is up for sale. I really wish, knowing that Time Warner has put them up for sale, that Twitter gets involved. But that's not to be. Remember I told you that a couple weeks ago? So CNN's moving into another relationship. Goodbye, AT&T. Hello, Discovery. Hello. Lionel Richie. What's up with American Idol? They can't give negative criticism to the people. How did how did Lionel Richie get on that show? He's got way too big of a catalog of original songs to be a judge. But he looks good. Talking about good plastic surgeons. They say that you should get a plastic surgeon when you're good looking versus when you're older and it's obvious. I, he's had good work. That's someone who should have like his, his, his card handy, if you know what I'm saying. Would you ever spend $5,000, $10,000, $20,000 to augment your body? I want it. I say that now, but maybe if I got in a car crash, I'd change my mind. I had some dental work done, so maybe I'm a hypocrite, right? But I'm more about saving money versus spending money. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Portions of our programming are brought to you by our good friends at Provident Credit Union with 21 Bay Area locations to serve you and your banking needs. Now, back to Rob Black and your money with your host, Rob Black, on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDOW. This is a concert of the summer. Weezer is playing with Green Day. Green Day is playing with Fallout Boy, I believe. Okay, so the Fallout Boy is kind of like the eh. That's a pretty dream lineup for those of us living in our 20-year-old past. Maybe our 35-year-old past, depending on how old you are, right? I was interested to see a study, and I talked about this in the first hour, which does not replay in the second hour, usually. But Mondays, Thursdays, and Fridays, I've got a unique show that isn't really catching a lot of vibe on podcasting because I'm kind of hiding the content for now. But 64% of millennials have regrets about buying their current home. What's very interesting about that is the term regret. It's something that I talk to my children about. Try to live life without a lot of regrets. Try to look live life without looking over your shoulder going, I wonder if. Even though I'm the biggest nut job of them all, 
I look over my shoulder and I go, I wonder how Juliet turned out. I wonder how this girlfriend turned out. Keep looking over my shoulder for what I could have had versus what I got. There's a great philosophy out there that that's where pain lies the most in the difference between what you get in life versus what you thought you were going to get in life. And I'm always impressed with when people are able to rise to the challenge of they got a little less than they were expecting. They thought they deserved a little bit more. And yet they're truly happy. Regrets are a big part of finances. Millennials have a huge regret. 64%, and they haven't owned homes for a long time, but 64% of millennials say they have at least one regret about buying their purchase, uh, purchasing their current home. Which, when you start looking at the data, you're like, oh, just one regret? Oh, we all have that. But very few people are just, I'm happy-go-lucky, I, I did okay, is what I'm trying to get at. Things that you expected versus things that you got, right? The pain in between is what hurts the most. Maintenance is the, the biggest thing people regret, not knowing about, not understanding, not keeping on top of. When you think in your head, a gallon of paint must be 8 to $12, you're wrong. When you think in your head, oh, my driveway got busted up by a big pickup truck. I'm going to get that pothole fixed. It's probably $400. You're wrong. So a lot of people learn in the first couple of years of owning a home, maintenance costs are higher than expected. Too small of a house is a big regret, which I understand. Sometimes you fall in love with your sugar mugger. You move in. You make love, sweet love, and you go, honey, I can see myself in the future with you. And you put a ring on it, she says yes. Then you make a baby. Baby comes out, and you're like, oh, I hate life. I bought too small of a house. All I can do, can you get the baby? It's your turn. I have to work in the morning. I hate you. Let's get divorced. I know you're saying, Rob, you could do a documentary on what not to do, <laughs> and it'll be very, very short. I'm okay, not so going to take this anymore. Maintenance and high cost of maintenance freak people out. I get that one. Bought too small of a house. I get that one. Bad location. Sometimes you're like, well, I'll buy in Tracy, and later in life, I'll, I'll upgrade it. Then you find out selling in Tracy is a lot more difficult than buying in Tracy is. That's one of the reasons I say buy a house with the curb appeal. Buy a house that you think another mother would want because then you know you at least have one buyer. People start getting a little like semantics when they're like, I could have got a better interest rate if I waited. But then again, you would have had more of a down payment, right? So this is where I find the flaw in people. Very few people say I bought too big of a house. Very few people say um, things that are true. Too big of a house... My mortgage payment is way more than I... I was comfortable doing that for three months, but I thought it was going to go away. I thought I'd refinance after three months. I hear stuff like that. So just be kind of careful with that if you can. ARK Invest has been a big story of the year. Kathy Wood. She is a fund manager. She's created a lot of exchange-traded funds which are tied towards innovation. Names like Coinbase, DraftKings, C-Limited, Square, Teladoc, Health... Tesla, things that we should all be consuming in the future. She's got a new fund on robotics and a new fund on fintech and a new fund on space exploration. 
These are all potential game changers, and they're all potential strikeouts. I'm just throwing that out there for you. Very few will completely strike out. Many companies who would go to zero should go to zero. Don't go to zero because their CEOs figure out, oh, crap, I better sell the company. That's the weirdest thing about 1998 to 2002. 1998 to 2000, I saw more companies come public and explode on the upside. And I'm like, wait, wait, this company makes smells on the internet. They, they have no value. But someone out there is willing to pay for a company that creates smells through the internet. And you can smell it through your monitor and people get excited. Should I buy new monitors? Technology sucks. 2000-2002 would have wiped out and shown you how many companies fail in the dot-com boom. Except for they started selling off on their way to zero. That's one of the things that sucks about Wall Street is we can hide our record. Let me give you another example of hiding our record. Come the end of the month, on the end of the quarter, think January, February, March, think March 31st, April, May, June, think June 30th. We can hide all the mistakes we've made for the last three months and start buying great stocks, and your statement will be delivered with all the great stocks that did well in the last three months. You're like, eh, my portfolio's not up big, but I own these great stocks. So I like this new – she broke onto the scene in the last two years, Kathy Wood. She's kind of a celebrity that goes from Bloomberg to CNBC and like, tell us like the next stock that's going to go up 4,000% like Peloton. Please give us your wisdom, O Oracle. And again, she's got some cojones. She's buying things that might go out of business. She's making money on the transactions as well. But that's a different story. But like one of her picks is DraftKings. It's an online sports platform that allows users to play daily fantasy games and win cash prizes. Trying to expand or piggyback on the expanding legislation to allow digital sports gambling across America. Is it appropriate for you? I don't know. I could tell you that the recent market volatility has created an opportunity in a lot of names, and you should have a list of names ready. I've got super dry lips. I don't know what that means. Now, I don't really want to go to a hospital, but a teledoc appointment, I'm a little bit more up with. More doctors and patients are opting for telemedicine due to COVID-19. One of the big winners is teledoc. That's another stock that she likes, but it's 50% off. It's 52-week high. Are we going to do more telemedicine in the future? I believe so. Unless we get into a situation where insurers say, well... That's going to cost you more than actually going. And then you're like, well, I better go. You kind of see that there's some sticky things out there, but all things considered, you get what Kathy Woods is doing. And I like Kathy Woods when the market starts getting a little bit hairy. Not Prince Harry, but hairy. If we do truly go into a market correction, which eventually could lead to a market, a bear market, I want to have a good shopping list. Do you have one? You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Portions of our programming are brought to you by our good friends at Provident Credit Union. With 21 Bay Area locations to serve you and your banking needs, visit ProvidenceCU.org. Now back to Rob Black and your money with your host, Rob Black, on the Bay Area's business leader, AM 1220 KDOW. 
Thanks for listening to the show. I'm Rob Black. I'll be the first one to tell you I don't have all the answers. I'll be the first one to tell you I've made many mistakes in my life, personal. Not as many in my business life, investing. I can tell you I didn't make the mistake AT&T did by buying Time Warner. What's up with Time Warner that they had such low self-esteem that they sold themselves to AOL and then later sold themselves to AT&T only to say we're a media company and we should be with Discovery as a way to compete with Netflix. I think that's fascinating to me. Not like it's going to be the end all be all. And so people are coming down pretty tough on Elon Musk. We learned that Elon Musk, Grimes, and Miley Cyrus all went to a Dogecoin cupcake party, crypto-themed party after SNL last week. A dog handler brought along a Shibu Inu in tribute to Dogecoin. They handed out cookies and cupcakes shaped like Dogecoin. And I go, what? Is that how the super wealthy live? Other attendees included the Kilawa. Lauren Michaels, Chris Rock, Colin Joes, South Park creator, Matt Stone. It was a who's who. And there was a nice piece this weekend in The New Yorker that talked about how Musk's SNL performance was kind of tame, but ultimately gave him free PR. And I kind of agree with that. And there's going to be an issue, I believe, Elon Musk is kind of thumbing his nose at the SEC. I think I can say this pretty easily on air. I kind of feel like he's flicking his middle finger at the SEC when he talks about Dogecoin and Bitcoin. When he buys it for his company. I don't know if he bought it for his company. Maybe his company bought it. But it's implied that he's kind of behind it. Then he says, I don't like Dogecoin. Then he says, I do like Dogecoin. I don't like Bitcoin. I, we need to get the efficiency going right here. We need to get it so that it doesn't destroy the planet by creating it. Because after all, I've got an electric vehicle company that's going to save the planet. But after all, also I make rockets that go to the moon, to Mars, and, and pollute the planet. But after all, I've got solar installations, which not a lot of people have, but they will. And I'll be there at the right time, right place for it. So you can see how complex it is to run a, a clean business. But he's on the dirt. Not, I don't want to say on the dirty side on it. But he's a little P.T. Barnum. A little bit too promotionary. And that's what the New Yorker said about the SNL appearances. It was just free PR for him. And in the end, I think that's kind of more right than wrong. So markets continue to hit new lows as the day goes on. Not by a lot. It's not one of those days where everything's on fire sale. The NASDAQ opened about half point lower. They're still about half point lower. But you can see a little bit of acceleration selling in the Dow Jones Industrial Average 30 and the S&P 500. Dan Niles, who is a person I like enormously, except for the fact that I liked him very much so in the 90s and early 2000s, more than I do in the 2010s, 2020s. Only because at one point in time, he was a smart guy representing his smart ideas. And I feel now he's more of a business partner representing his business. 
He recently told Yahoo Finance that the hotter-than-anticipated inflation data that we saw last week will eventually lead to a 20% collapse in the stock market as soon as the Federal Reserve starts taking it seriously. That's an interesting caveat, and I don't think he's wrong. I don't think he's right. I can't confirm that he is, but I like the idea a lot more than just blasting or blast him. Back in 2007, we we're like, ah, the subprime crisis is well contained. It's only going to hit one company, Lehman Brothers. And the next thing you know, it hits Bear Stearns. It's like, whoa, this isn't just one-time write-offs. This is companies going out of business because they can't satisfy their debt. This isn't small companies going out of business. This was big companies. So a lot of times we think we have it contained. And like I said earlier in the show, from 98 to 2002 was a fascinating period because from 98 to 2000, we created too many stupid companies. You and I could have started a company called DonkeyKong.com. And as long as it had a .com at the end of it, we could have sold it to Wall Street as, well, what it's going to be about is about a company that jumps over a system of barrels. These barrels could be inflation. These barrels could be savings for retirement. We could have come up with some dumb parable, some dumb angle. CEOs sold those companies before they could go to zero from 2000 to 2002. In 2007, we thought we had the mortgage debt crisis contained. We didn't. So I like Dan Niles saying, you know, don't get too cocky on that. We got this inflation thing under control because he's saying the Federal Reserve is saying something along the lines of, yeah, inflation is going to spike and then it's going to temper back right back down. And he's going like, don't be so sure. Where we're seeing more inflation as far as Americans go. Um, food costs, huge. Household goods, huge costs up. Personal services, higher. Household services, higher. Child care costs, higher. Then we get into some things where we're kind of pushing sideways. Um, but we're seeing real inflation. And I like planting the seed of maybe he's right that the Fed could be wrong because we were wrong many times before this. Fairly common in my opinion, all things considered. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. A lot of talent leaving Wells Fargo in the middle of a red house, red hot housing market. They're losing a lot of their mortgage brokers. This should be cause for concern because if Wells Fargo had any product that was their bread and butter, it was their mortgages. They feel the people who are leaving the company feel too much heavy oversight. The company's been penalized by the government and for opening fake accounts. And now everything everyone does at the company is scrutinized by managers. I get why people would leave in that scenario. And clunky technology that they haven't had the money to spend on infrastructure improvements because they've been fighting the government on legal issues. Target and Starbucks have joined a growing list of retailers and restaurants that will ease mask requirements for fully vaccinated customers unless facial coverings are required by local or state law. This is going to be an interesting quarter. 
if we divide COVID into quarters, the first quarter of 2020, oh, we got a virus that's getting a little kind of crazy. And then like, oh, we've shut down our economy to stay at home. Oh, we want to open back up. Some states do, some states don't. And there's an election. Like, I think this is going to be an interesting one as we start stretching our legs. Keep in mind, I once got, I mixed my metaphors. And you have to be very careful not to mix your metaphors when you're talking about legs. So, but the economy is starting to stretch its legs right now. And it's interesting that to kind of hit the numbers of total vaccinated who are starting to open up to kids, maybe we wouldn't have done that, is the first thought in my mind. And that's the sarcasm and cynicism. Uh, and yet my kid's slated to get a shot today. So I'm ultimately good with it. Stocks are dipping, extending last week's declines. Inflation jitters linger. Inflation is the single biggest boogeyman. When you actually have to pay more for the same exact thing that you got last year. Now, you can also get into some fear of missing out, FOMO, F-O-M-O, fear of missing out, where you can get into a lot of trouble, like Bitcoin. Elon Musk said the company has not sold off any of its holdings of the cryptocurrency after over the weekend. It kind of, he said, we're going to have to sell it. Personally, I think the heat is probably getting turned up at the SEC. He has said a lot of stuff in the last 45 days, and the SEC needs to flex some muscle and say, look, it looks like you're easily able to manipulate Bitcoin, and that's not in the best interest of our society. It looks like you're really easily able to influence with a tweet. And they're going to just tell him, knock it off. You're CEO of a public traded company. You can't be involved in schemes of manipulation to improve your own wealth. You'll undermine the whole system of why we invest in companies like Tesla in the first place. But Tesla would not have made their earnings if they didn't get into Bitcoin, see a huge gain, realize 10%, cut 10% of their holdings. They wouldn't have hit their earnings, and it would have been a bad earnings quarter. They would have missed their earnings, and we would have said, you didn't sell enough damn cars. You didn't make enough money selling cars. Aren't you a car selling company? But then they kind of became a proxy for Bitcoin, and we're like, okay, well, they're a proxy for Bitcoin. Um. And then one month later, they're no longer a proxy for Bitcoin, as Elon Musk says, we were going to stop taking that because it's too dirty on the planet. The SEC does not like that. It does not take kindly to that kind of reaction and action power. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. Will you? Will we hear anything on Elon Musk getting disciplined? How do you discipline one of the richest people on the planet? <laughs> I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW.
I'm Rob Black, talking to all things financial money, investing, and more. Sometimes perception is more important than reality. I hate talking about this, and I probably should limit myself. I've become a big fan of Bill Gates, whereas back in 2000, when I moved to the Bay Area, he was hated in the Bay Area for basically... Bill Gates created a pretty mean company back in 2000. He was not well-liked. And since then, he's kind of got a much more likable image. You see him at Christmas trees. You see him with a bunch of books, stack of books. These are the books that Bill Gates reads. He's the richest man on the planet. He's given away all of his money. He crafted a likable, nerdy, do-gooder. The company that I used to run for the last 20 years is behind me. The future is figuring out pandemics. And it's starting to come unglued. We're starting to learn about office affairs, uncomfortable workplace behavior, ties with Epstein, who is probably, it's going to be a bad comparison, the right-hand man of the devil for basically trafficking young people in sex. And again, I don't know any of these to be true. I'm not a lawyer. I have been privy to any of this. Sometimes I feel like reporting is very, very shoddily done. Um, on my end, as well as on the ends of journalists, like there's not a lot of money in TV anymore. And the example I'll give you is the TV group that I work for used to have a reporter that basically hung around City Hall of San Francisco 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365. There's a lot more news that you can break when you have someone sitting in the offices than when you cover it on TV of from a distance. But embedded it, reporters are expensive. So Bill Gates is getting shellacked in media right now. I don't know how I really feel about it. In the end, I feel divorce should be a private affair, but maybe he asked for it by looking at me, nerdy do-gooder. And now we have to uncover every stone um, and report on it as if it means something to you and me. Maybe it does. Maybe we kind of like throw all of our idols out. But some of the headlines, I just don't even want to read. Um, other big stories of note out there. There's not a lot of great stories today. There's a lot to do with masks. There's a lot to do with Bitcoin and what What did Elon Musk say this weekend? At one point in time, it looked like he exited his position. Twitter could be kind of, how shall we say, vague. So this today, he comes out and he goes, no, 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 we haven't exited our position I just, we're rethinking it. And if you're making your decisions based on him, good luck, because he seems to change with the wind. And I don't mean that disrespectfully. Bitcoin down 8% today, sitting at 44,394. A little bit of a negative, but really there's no support on this one until about 34,000, 30 to 34,000, somewhere in that range. And where it is today. If people figure out that there's enough bad news factored in, they'll step up and buy. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. AT&T is announcing the $43 billion deal to merge with Warner Media with Discovery. Supreme Court's going to hear a Mississippi abortion case challenging Roe versus Wade. 
case will be the first major abortion dispute to test all three of former President Donald Trump's appointees to the top court. Top court announced that it will hear the dispute, Dobbs versus Jackson's Women Health Org. Probably June 2022 will be their decision. I throw that out there in large part to tell you how Wall Street kind of thinks. We don't have to think about it right now, but come June 2022, we'll start thinking about it probably December 2021, maybe January. I would say that the media probably won't touch this story until March or April of 2022. So Wall Street kind of looks a little further out. I don't know if there's an investment angle on abortion and Roe versus Wade. But it shows you like there's different lenses on how different types of our society, in this case, the finance, Wall Street, looks six months to the future. And media kind of, we knew about this story. If you want to rally for or against, you have a lot of time right now. But you'll probably wait till March or April of next year and then be frustrated with the process. I, I don't know if that makes any sense to you. I don't know if I'm helpful or hurtful by trying to boil it down like that. Hopefully there's something positive to be had in that. Negative start to the week, all things considered. It's not horrible, but the revolution will not be broadcast on CNBC. You will not get Maria Bartiromo or any of the money honeys. You won't get Jim Cramer saying, sell, 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 sell. It's going to happen, and then you're going to be like, oh, that was a bit of a change. There's weakness in IT stocks today. Apple's lower. Microsoft is lower. Semiconductor equipment companies are lower. We've seen real adjustments lower from the automobile industry and the semiconductor industry saying there are shortages brought by by the pandemic, brought by by our supply chains that are incredibly complicated. And what we're learning is the smallest little thing like a pandemic. I know you're saying, are you being jokey or not? I'm not actually I'm actually not being jokey. A factory shutting down for two weeks to deal with a pandemic is not jokey. That's, it's not huge, but it's, it's small enough that it causes a ripple in the supply chain. That's why you're going to see more stories next year and the year after and the year after of Wall Street putting big money into solving the supply chain here in the United States with semiconductor manufacturing here in the United States. The investment time is now if you want to make big money. If you wait six months before it actually happens, you're not going to make as much. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.